And here we are, episode 42 of the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Brian Wayne, and this week I'm going to be going over all of the books that were released on the 31st of July, 2019, as well as talking about other things relevant to the world of comic books. So, full disclosure, this is a spoilery-ish podcast, uh, so be aware. And also, I say naughty language words, so sensitive ears may just not want to tune in. I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? Grab yourselves a beverage. Let's talk some comic books. We're going to start out with the news. And in the news, once again, uh, this guy, I don't know who's in the news more, Tom King or Rob Liefeld, but this week it's Rob Liefeld. Again. Guess what? It's about him quitting something. Again. And his excuses, again, about it not being his fault. So Youngblood is not a thing. Rob Liefeld has severed his ties with the character Youngblood. On account of the other people that also created Youngblood aren't letting him play with his... I don't know. I don't know. It's just stupid fucking crybaby goddamn bullshit. And frankly, I'm relieved. A Leafield project is dead. Now, if we get all of the majority of the rest of them to also die, then comics may start thriving again. What do you know? Sorry, dude. Uh, dudes, listeners, in case you're first-time listeners, I'm a very positive podcast for the most point, but I think Rob Leafield is fucking poison. And, uh, no, don't like him. Uh, more news. Wildcats. That revival has been delayed by DC because of missed deadlines. Uh-oh, Warren Ellis, you're fucking up, buddy. Or is it Ellis? I don't know. It could be Villa Lobos. I don't know. But the fact is, is that Wildcats has been pushed back indefinitely because of uh, somebody not doing their job. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but I do respect DC for not launching it, and then uh, getting one issue, and then having to wait six months for issue two. That happens. That does happen, and that's a fucking shitty bummer when it does, but the fact is is that um, they, they, they played the cards right. Good job, DC. We'll get it when we get it. Warren Ellis will come through. That motherfucker is amazing. Sure. Yeah, let's let's get on with the overviews. There was an abundance of books purchased this week. And so many of them worth talking about. Let's start out with the indies as per usual. Samurai Jack. Lost Worlds, number three. Paul Allure, Adam Bryce Thomas, covered by Adam Bryce Thomas. Once again, this is just a single shot issue. Jack just being Jack. This time, Jack, he's in the woods, and he accidentally fucks up, steps in a bear trap. And in doing so, you realize we got these uh, air quote hunter folks. They capture him. And not without putting up a fight, of course, but there was just too many of them. But these guys are professionals, and they're not just your normal, regular, 
duck hunters or anything like that, you find out there are actually bounty hunters. And they're specifically bounty hunters for fugitives of the underworld, so they capture Jack. And you start thinking, well, you, you don't know what they're, uh, at this point, what they are. You just know that he gets captured, he gets thrown in this paddy wagon, and along in that paddy wagon, Jack meets a companion by the name of Bruce. And Bruce is the shadowy figure. And while well, Jack and Bruce are uh, talking in the back, uh, actually planning an escape is what they're, they're really doing. The drivers in the front, they're radioing in their, their pickup, and then the radio guy in the other one's like, hold on, hold on. Jack, like a, a samurai Jack? Oh, yeah, yeah, and they're like, no, 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 you guys, you gotta let him go right now. He is, <laughs> he's not a fugitive of the underworld, for one, and two, oh boy, he's, if you captured him now, he's definitely gonna fuck you up when it's time for him to be released. Well, as soon as they go to pull over, at that same very moment, coincidentally, Bruce and Jack, they, they go to full force shoulder pound into the side of the, the wagon, and at the same time it's pulling over, that's enough for the wagon to tip over, the door breaks open, and uh, Bruce, he, he makes off into the shadows, and Jack is on a standoff with uh, the hunters, and that's when everything is explained. Look, we're fugitive, we were going to let you go anyways, dude. Our bad, seriously. Sorry, Jack. Big fans. Whoopsie doodle. They take off. Um, then Bruce comes out of the shadows, and then we get this really cool... I mean, at this point, you realize if... Hold on, if... If Bruce was captured, and these guys are fugitives of the, under the underworld, that means Bruce is a, he's dead. And then we see a full-bodied Bruce, and he's got this big old hole in his belly. And the, the, the shot of, you know, being able to see Jack's astonishment through the hole of... It's, it's, ah, oh, it's so good, man. I've said it, two issues, I'm going to say it for the third time. Samurai Jack is fucking back. I'm sure the it's too good to be an ongoing series. It's probably only going to be four issues with my fucking luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, i got to do some research to see how far it is going to go. But I'm enjoying it for what it is and what it has been. I love it so much. And, you know, just being a Samurai Jack fan. It's, it's good stuff, man. Carrying on. Good job, IDW. We've got... What's next? Uh, oh, Man or Black. Uh, this rundown will be real quick and fast. It's Dark Horse Comics, Colin Bunn, Brian Hurt, Tyler Crook. This is a very much... I mean, uh, those words weren't good. <laughs> this very much is just your... Not necessarily... I, I hate the word typical. But it is your typical... This is a brand new group of characters you don't know, and there's going to be so much to the story, there's no way we could explain it all in one issue, so we're just going to sprinkle some stuff in there and give you a gist of what the fuck's happening. And what the fuck's happening in this one, you might ask. Well, let me tell you. So, a couple of key points on here that may spark your interest. As we get this brutal car accident in this small town. So, anybody that's familiar with small towns would know when something uh, as brutal as the accident that happens in this book occurs there's gonna be some chatter and some blah 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 <laughs> you know you get it 
And there's also, you know, and throughout all this, it's it's setting up an antagonist. There's an introduction of magic that's in there, very mysteriously. We don't know anything about how or who or why, but there's some crazy shit going on. The sheriff that's investigating the car accident, he just somehow magically, spontaneously combusts into fire. And, yeah, then we get the slight introduction of this magic cult. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just a whole bunch of stuff that we don't know anything about. I look forward to seeing what it turns in. I think it's a six-parter. I don't think it's going to go very long. Five or six parts tops, from my understanding. We'll see. Image Comics. Uh, oh, boy. Ice Cream Man, number 13. W. Maxwell Prince. Martin Marazzo. And Chris O'Halloran. All right. This book was fucking bananas. It's called Palindromes, and for a good reason. Even looking at the cover, you flip it over, and it's got the, yeah. If you don't know where the palindrome is, it's where it's the same backwards as it is forwards. Um, so, yeah. And that's exactly how this book can be read. Uh, you can read it forwards to backwards, backwards to forwards. Just make sure that you read it from bottom right. To, you know, you get it. Your head's fully backwards. So, the gist of the story really is this filler. He's mourning the loss of his husband and he seeks the answers about life and death. So, he goes down to the sewer, passing an ice cream truck along the way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he's making his way down the sewer, and there's all types of creepy shit that's happening. There's very little dialogue or words. Uh, there's acknowledgments of, um, of uh, you know, the, the dead having a party. And uh, to sum it up, when you get to the bottom, you, you know, you, the whole time you're, you're seeking um, the king of the underworld, and, you know, these sewers, and hoping to get these answers about life and death, and you get to the bottom, and then, what do you know? Nothing there. Climb back up. And that's, you know, how you get the palindrome and all of this. Now, it may seem simple and unnecessary, and why, in the manner that I explained it, but at the same time, it's actually very beautiful. It's the, I mean, everything about Ice Cream Man has been on fucking point. Uh, not the most horrific of the ice cream man I've read so far, but still very much on the lines of horror. Uh, there's, there is, it's creepy for sure, but I, I don't know I would, if I would say as horrific, but the creepy's there. So, oh man, good stuff from fucking Image again. Ice cream man, guys. The Goon, number five, we're already at number five, Eric Powell, Thomas Snagowski, and Brett Parson doing the art in this one so this is not eric powell with coloring help as it has been which is fine dude deserves a break because <laughs> motherfucker can he can art he can art just as good as he can as he can word that's for damn sure so getting on with it the goon is <laughs> oh man another great fucking goon story this dude just has stories for days show so without fucking delaying anymore let's just do it there's a bunch of bums they get offered some booze by this creepy feller in this wagon and uh, you know we get this it's all very very 
uh, heavily hinted at, okay, this, this booze is about to fuck some shit up. And we get a slight indication of that by the townspeople going all zombie-like. Uh, yeah, so then we go over to the bar where Goon and Frankie are having their drinks. And we get this crazy priest that comes in screaming and hollering about religion and whatnot as a priest does. And, you know, Goon and Frankie are just like, yeah, fuck this guy, huh? Uh, and uh, Frankie says, look, Goon, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I got a date. Or I got a show to go to. And Goon straight up acknowledges that when you're watching a lady wax her back, and, you know, it's exactly what this show is. <laughs> Keep in mind, this book is fucking weird, and everything's delightfully twisted. So Frankie makes his way to the old back waxing, but doesn't get very far. He gets captured by who else but the crazy, creepy figure. And he explains to Frankie the plan, and he's got this this brew called Bielzebrew. And you can imagine what what a you know a drink called Bielzebrew could do. Uh, it's it's very demonic and devilish, and you drink it, and you know you're puppeted by Satan. So that's that's what the fuck's happening here. Well, uh, Goon's bartender gets this shipment of Beelzebrew, and then at this, it's not, you know, around the same time that Goon realizes that Frankie, he, he's positive, he's very much missing, and, yeah, you can imagine how it goes from there. Goon's gotta track down creepy motherfucker, gotta get Beelzebrew out of the town, yeah, he even recruits some kids to help, they don't really do much, but, yeah, the fact is, is... Goon's all about <laughs> community involvement. That's fucking great, man. Uh, the Goon is just better and better and better and better and better. Don't sleep on the Goon. It's good stuff. More IDW. I'm all, I'm all over the place with my indies this week. Canto, number two. Did yours come crinkled? Mine did. But I hear there are uh, actually copies of this issue that um, did make it out of the press okay. And unharmed and damaged, so. Right on. Uh, Kanto, this little guy has very few words in this book. It is a super speedy read, but fuck is it beautiful. Every single panel is worth, you know, taking an extra few seconds on, that's for sure. Um, it's, I mean, not a hyper page turner. The art is still fucking unbelievable. Oh, who did this book? David M. Boer, Drew Zucker, and Vittorio Aston. Covered by Zucker in a stone. Uh, so yeah. This little guy is making his way up to... Uh, wherever it is he's going. Uh, he's trying to make his way to the Hermit. Because the Hermit has access to the hearts for the one that he loves. So he can save the one he loves. Replace the clock. Cause the clock's running out. You know? That, that old story. Yeah, no. Nah, it's very original. I do love it. I'm, I'm being an asshole there. So, along the way, Kanto, uh, he's about to get overcome by a bunch of fucking evil forest mountain people. But this strange, awesome beast comes flying out and helps him do his thing. And you realize that, oh, these guys know each other. Don't know the beast's name, I just call it Beast for now. It's this very... Uh, it, it, look like, it looks like a dragon-type Pokemon. <laughs> for, uh... For um, lack of description's sake. So yeah, no, then they uh, they make their way together now. So we got a little duo. 
they are still trying to find the hermit and in doing so they come across this giant kraken-like creature and at first they seem super doomed and the kraken recognizes the the awesomeness of Kanto for just a second and says you know what I might not eat you but I don't know what gets it to change its mind but then he ends up eating him <laughs> and Kanto's like I thought you said you might not eat him he's like but I said I might I'm still gonna eat you and that's how that one ends flying through the the gullet of a goddamn cracking creature it's a good book it really is that's all I've got for indies this week um Carrying on to Marvel now. Uh, I know there's a tremendous amount of hype for this next book, but I'm not sure how much time I could spend on it without boring you um, and sounding like I'm giving a lecture. Because essentially, the, the first two issues of Hickman's Journey of New X-Men have been textbooks. Uh, I'm, I'm not getting a whole lot of story out of this. All of the information I'm really getting out of it are on their description pages. There's so many description pages with so many words that aren't in the form of comic booking. Uh, I don't want to talk down on this book at all, because I know what it's fixing to lead into. I mean, I don't know exactly what it's leading into, but I know whatever it is, it's going to be good. The payoff is going to be great. But I just, I don't know what to say about this book yet. Um, I, there's, we get a year one moment, a year ten moment, a year one hundred moment, and then all of these having their own um, significances to the, the future of mutants. And uh, we've got some new character introductions, Sila Bell and Rasputin. They're sisters, I think. I think. Um, they go into explaining the, the mutant, or the sentinel mutant breeding camps where they produce uh, hounds or mutants bred to hunt other mutants. And then they explain where all the surviving mutants are. Um, there's two main colonies and approximately 10,000 sur uh, remaining surviving mutants known. Um, these colonies are ben benevolent, and there's about 8,000 mutants there, and then there's the Chandelin, where there's another 2,000, but then there's also the Soul Mutants, located on Asteroid K, and currently there's only 8 known on Asteroid K that remain. It's, I don't know, man, none of this means anything to me. It's, and I know that sounds bad when I say it like that. Um, I mean, I liked House of X way more. It felt like more of a story, but this power is a 10. Pff, I don't know, man. Uh, I know the payoff's going to be worth it. It's just... It's, it's a textbook. It does. It just feels like a textbook. Uh, it is what it is. I did actually go through and just pick up Hickman's Nine Issues Secret Wars. Uh, I'm going to go through and I'm going to read all of that. And uh, maybe give me some insight. It just, just help ease my mind as to what Hickman's capable of. That's what it comes down to. So let's move on to Marvel. It does get better. That's for sure. 
Conan the Barbarian, number 8, happy to talk about this. Again, Legacy 283, Jason Aaron, Gerardo Zafino, Gary Brown, and Matthew Wilson, covered by Asad Rubik. Ah, Conan is back in Chimeria, and as he's greeted by his fellow townsfuckers, he realizes there's a madness, or some sort of virus, illness, if you will, sickness that is spread throughout these townspeople. And really, what this book is, is Conan searching for his grandmother. Well, while he's being explained the happenings of Chimera while he's gone, and the possibility that his grandmother may have been taken over by this virus, uh, the same motherfucker that's telling him all this stuff just so happens to turn into this crazy mad zombie creature. And not far behind him is a whole bunch more of these motherfuckers. Well, for even Conan the Barbarian, especially with... I mean, he just got hit with the shock that his grandmother might be fucked. So, um, he's not necessarily in full fighting force. I mean, he gives it a fighting chance, but it turns out he's got he's to flee. He's got to seek shelter for a moment. So he goes to this bear shaman, and the bear shaman explains to him, Okay, this is who did this, and this is why. Uh, it was this motherfucker, Toth Amon, and you, may, you may remember him from... Such episodes of Conan the Barbarian as when he uh, gets pissed off by Conan the Barbarian. Uh, so this is all on purpose to get back at Conan the Barbarian. So what better way than to target old Mima? Well, there's also these crazy rabid zombie dogs that are involved. And the, the, the person that's been controlling all these dogs, his name is Gal. So the shaman kind of explains, hey, maybe if you kill Gal and these dogs, I take that, well, the dogs are the ones transmitting the virus, to be more clear. Um, you get bit by a dog, and then that's how you turn into the zombie. So if you take out the guy that is controlling the dogs, maybe the zombie, or the dogs die. And then maybe if the dogs die, the people that are infected also die. Or maybe get turned back, uh, you know, at best. Well, that comes to be the mission. Well, he comes face to face with zombie grandmother. There's some uh, some hesitation, but we also get this explanation to where you know Conan, he's he's a treasure hunter. Ah, uh, you know he's got all these treasures, and he specifically had this really cool thing for his grandmother. Well, he starts. Uh, throwing all the treasures on the ground, I guess, to hopefully cause a distraction. I mean, besides setting a bunch of traps, too. He does set a bunch of awesome traps, but the treasures distract the the zombie horde and slow him down. But, yeah, he gets, he's got to face off with his grandmother, but the thing that he specifically picked up for his grandmother that he was going to deliver to her hits the ground, and it's beauty overcomes the illness and she snaps out of it and at the same time uh gal the the dog shepherd guy shows up and she cuts off his fucking head so <laughs> curse is cured just as you as hope super spoiler and yeah grandma and conan are reunited and all is well and I don't know. It's, it, I, I really fucking love this book. Jason Aaron does such an amazing job. Such an amazing job with it. I, shout outs for days. Shout outs for days. Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man number nine. Moving on.
Legacy number 33. Tom Taylor, Ken Lashley, Juan Cabal, Nolan Woodard, and uh, Marcio Menes. Covered by Andrew C. Robinson. Alright, so we've got more of the rumor stuff happening. Spidey and Prowler team up. They've got a rescue rumor because she's all uh, fucked up. Get her out of the, the way of... Oh, God damn, what's this guy's name? Helm, Helmneth. And essentially from here, once they get rumored of safety, we get rumors backstory. And um, to, for time's sake, she was Tokyo's Captain America. And they even touch on the fact that her and Captain America worked together and Captain America was approved because she tried to hit it and he wasn't having it. And yeah, so at this point, Spidey and Prowler, um, Spidey designates Prowler, by the way, he's a good guy now, again, uh, to uh, protect, watch over Rumor uh, while she recuperates, and Spidey, he's going to go get some help, and who's he going to get help from? Old Tony Stark. Well, Rumor thinks that he's got better things to do, better ways to help, let me rephrase that. Uh, not Rumor, Prowler is what I mean to say. Prowler ends up leaving Rumor. She's all alone, setting up much, I bet it is. And yeah, he was actually, I think Prowler's deal is he wants to go after Helmneth himself, is what it is. I could be mistaken there, but yeah, that's not really the more important part, I don't think. The fact is the Rumor's left alone. And <laughs> Peter Parker and Tony Stark. Tony Stark and fucking Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man? Ugh, that means that... Tom Taylor is writing Tony Stark's voice. Oh, it's so good. And it was, too. It was so fucking good. Moving along. Death's Head. Number one. Oh, man. Um, Teeny Howard. Kaizama. Felipe Sobrero. I said it wrong. Ah, uh, okay. This was my most anticipated Marvel book of the week. Believe it or not. Even over Powers of Ten. And this book delivered. It did not disappoint. It was... Mm. Starts out where uh, Death's Head is a bounty hunter for Yondu. Yondu reneges on this arrangement. He... Uh, sends off his air quotes new models. That's what they're called. They're uh, essentially they're organic cyborg robotic uh, weaponized. They're fembots, is what they are. That's exactly what they are. They're fembots. <laughs> uh, to go after Death's Head, well, he gets thrown from the ship, and where does he land? Earth in a garbage can. Um, apparently, he uh, it's enough to knock out his systems. When he wakes up. He's being used as an amplifier at a concert for some fucking shitty band <laughs> at a high school, of, of all places. But here's the cool part, the cooler part, as if that wasn't cool enough. The high school that they're at is Wiccan and Hulkling's high school. So bam, Wiccan and Hulkling all up in this bitch. Wiccan decides that, you know what, I think I'm going uh, to teleport Death Head out of here. Probably shouldn't be in the school. Uh, it's not safe for anybody. But, you know, you think you just teleport him and be gone. And that's what Hulkling assumes, too, when he teleports him. But what he does is he teleports him to his bathroom. His bathroom. Fucking, yeah, or their bathroom, because they live together. Do they live together? Huh, they're in high school. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm lost. 
But I don't think that's the thing to focus on there. Comics, am I right? Uh, so, I mean, you can imagine when, you know, he wakes up, there's some confusion again, and it's... Oh, fuck, man. It's all so good. It is. It's so good. There's... What it comes down to... There, I, I will touch on the fact that on more than one occasion, uh, Wiccan mentions the fact that he just wants to be an Avenger again. He just misses being an Avenger. He doesn't feel worthy. So I think that's kind of why he wants to... He's making Death's head his task, maybe to prove himself. Well, guess what? He fucks up, and while trying to figure out what model version dimension this Death's head comes from, he just so happens to bring in another one from another dimension, and this one is just a little bit grumpier. And, um, problems. Yeah. So what do you know? A set up for a five-part fucking series, am I right? Teeny Howard just can't fucking miss. She really can't. Oh, and speaking of Teeny Howard, I got another one. Thanos. Thanos. Number four. Teeny Howard, Ariel, Olivetti, and Antonio Fabella. Uh, I do apologize. I'm going to start out with an apology. Uh, I didn't talk about issue number three, Thanos. And it really fucking deserved to be talked about. It was good. I just misplaced the issue and didn't find it till after the podcast because I was reading in a weird spot. It was weird. But the fact is, issue four is Among Us. And I can give you a real quick rundown of what happened in issue three. Uh, the Black Order, or future Black Order, uh, they're jealous of Gamora and how their relationship, her and Thanos' relationship, I keep saying Thanos, goddammit, Thanos' relationship is possibly softening him. And he's not making the same hardcore decisions he would normally make as a uh, tyrant of, you know, war and destruction and violence and, you know, stuff that tyrants do. Um, oh, by the way, cover by Jeff DeCal. I forgot that. So, uh, really, what it, that's, that's, we get a, a meeting with Thanos and Magus, who's the the head of the Universal Church of Truth. And you find out the mage is actually a hologram, because, yeah. Uh, what's going down here is the planning of a mutiny by the Black Order and Gamora overhearing. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gamora, at one point in time, she's captured in the beginning, but she gets out of it. She's Gamora. Even as a... I'd say she's, she, I would say she looks like she's about 12 to 13 maybe in this. She's old enough to know how to maneuver a spaceship. So, yeah, that's what's going on. But uh, after she comes back from being captured and gets on the ship and explains to Thanos, hey, these guys are about to pull a mutiny. Well, uh, the what turns out to be the Black Order... Um, they're just a small portion of Thanos' Butcher Squadron. Um, the rest of the Butcher Squadron turn on Thanos. But the Black Order are like, ah, no, Thanos is still on the winning side, so let's just be that now. And Thanos just takes off and knowingly leaves Gamora there with the Black Order, knowing that the Black, Mor the Black Order has it out for her. So... Thanos being Thanos. Fucking. Whew. 
Teeny Howard, man. That chick could write a fucking goddamn book. Everything she does. Death's Head, Thanos. She's fucking hardcore. I like that. I like that a lot. Let's move on to Avengers. Number 22. Legacy. 722. Jason, Aaron, Stefano, Caselli, and Jason Keith. Covered by Caselli and Frank Martin. This is the setting up of a Ghost Rider arc and return, and yeah. Uh, Robbie's given his brother a ride to high school, and the Hell Charger goes rogue, almost kills him. That pisses off Robbie. He says, you know what? I think I want this fucking goddamn Spirit of Vengeance cursed, erased, smartest guy I know is T'Challa. So he goes to T'Challa, and T'Challa says, You know what? I think I'm going to need you to turn into a fucking Ghost Rider, and you know, so I can get some information and hook you up to these machines and figure out how that happens. Well, when he does, it causes the fucking Hell Chargers to go rogue again, starts fucking shit up, and then uh, T'Challa realizes that maybe this is a little bit more than he science can handle. So, you know what? Exorcist, because um, that's, that's what you do, right? Uh, so he brings in Damon Hellstrom, or Son of Satan, to perform this exorcism. Well, Damon Hellstrom recognizes Blade's kick-assness kick in connection to the dark underworld, and gives him this, this thing called a breathing gun. And it's essentially just an in-case-shit-goes-wrong gun. I forget what it does. I would imagine it does the opposite of make you breathe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well, during this exorcism, it doesn't help. It just brings Robbie to hell. Well, who's all up in hell but the king of hell? And that ain't Satan. That ain't Damon Hellstrom's uncle. It's Johnny Blaze. And what does he do? He says, I'll erase you for the spirit of vengeance. So, Johnny Blaze is back. Here he is. We got a goddamn ghostwriter arc. I have a feeling I'm about to dig the shit out of this. Jason Aaron could just do no wrong, man. I know that his his Thor days are coming to an end here soon, but he's still got Conan going, he's got the Avengers, and guess who's an Avenger? Thor. So, yeah, get excited for Jason Aaron. I think he is what, I mean, just Marvel's golden standard right now. It's fucking amazing. I'm so impressed. Last Marvel book. That made it on the overviews is old Fantastic Four. Number 12, Legacy 657, Dan Slott, Shine Azik, and Marcio Menez. Covered by Asad Rubik. Um, before I get into this too much, I got a bit of a bone to pick. Um, this was a $5 book, and I don't understand why. The the title of the book is Thing vs. Immortal Hulk. Okay, cool. That's what I expect. Oh, plus Future Foundation by a whole new creative team. Alright, give me a couple pages of a teaser of a book that's coming out a week later. That's fine. Don't give me two half books, because that's what I got. This is not a 40-page issue. It's like a 30-page issue, maybe maybe 25 so we get two stories that have about 12 issues a piece or 12 pages a piece <sighs> uh, no 
I'm not happy with that Marvel. That has nothing to do with the creators. I'm not... No, don't get mad at the creators. But Marvel, on the other hand, this should only have been a $4... $4? If this is a $4 price tag, this discussion uh, never happened. But that's not the case. I got, uh, I got charged for 12 pages of advertisements is what we did probably more because there's still advertisements in this book getting into the book though uh, what did actually happen was all Ben Grimm and Alicia finally get to go on their honeymoon on account of all the Galactus shit and the War of the Realm stuff that happened and in doing so the 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 bellboy he he drops off their their, their shit to their room and then he puts in a call to someone and says oh they're here they didn't tip me. Okay. Well, you see these pages of something flying through the water. And on account of, you know, the title. And all this thing, the cover, and the art. And all that shit. You realize, okay, so a mortal hulk that's coming at him. And then you realize, oh, it's the puppet master. That's fucking cool. I can't wait to see this. Well, we... We get right up to the point where... I mean, we do get a couple of punches thrown by the Hulk. It's not completely actionless. But the thing, he's just getting fucking handled. Handled. And then finally, he's like, You know what? I'm gonna fucking do it. You know, I'm fucking gonna do it. Brooklyn, Yancey Street. So, yeah. Um, but then it ends. Meanwhile... Future Foundation, and ah, it's hard coming out as a high school kid with issues, and yeah, I don't know, man. They could have done better with that Future Foundation stuff. I had, I what, I actually because I will, I can honestly say that because of the the last few pages of issue twelve of Fantastic Four. I'm not buying Future Foundation number one now, because I've lost interest. If they would have given me just a small little teaser, cool. But they essentially just gave us what the first ten pages of issue one should be. I don't I don't know, man. I probably sound like a fucking goddamn dick the way... But, you know what? At the same time, I'm not mad at myself for being honest. There's just... I don't like how Marvel handled that. Not at all. Fantastic Four is better than that. That's all I've got for Marvel. But there's DC. Not much, though. Not much at all. We get some Black Label. Last Night on Earth. Some Batman action. Scott Snyder. Greg Capullo. Jonathan Glapion. And uh, FCO Placencia. I've come to realize that this book is supposed to not make sense. <laughs> There's no reason for it to make sense. This is Capullo and Snyder's last hurrah. They're just having fun. That's all it is. Just take it for what it is. A bunch of crazy shit happens. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's really the best way to explain it. Just a bunch of crazy shit that could possibly happen in the Batman universe is happening. And it's it's something you don't have to think too much about. I made the mistake of trying to figure out why. And no. Just go along for the ride and enjoy it. And I know that's 
no kind of overview at all. But it is what it is. And, I mean, that's exactly what that is. It's just... And Joyce Snyder and Capullo having one last blast at making a Batman story with no limitations. Oh, they're not allowed to draw uh, cocks. I know that much. They're not allowed to draw cocks. But they could do anything else they want to do on Black Label so far. Uh, and I, I'm enjoying it. So kudos to you, gentlemen. And the rest of you. There, I know... It was DC 5th week. I didn't pick up any of the annuals because I'm not usually an annual guy. Unless I've read about some speculation. I, I just, eh, I don't really care. Um, if I find it necessary, I'll go back and find it in back issue. But annuals just aren't my thing personally. On occasion, yes. Just not this week. Um, Batman Who Laughs, you might wonder. I, I'm going to read it all one more time in the whole, I, I'm lost, <laughs> I don't remember why and who and what, and I kind of do, but I think it's just something I just want to re-enjoy all together, and it sounds like some good grounds for a trade negotiations episode, to be honest, but, yeah, I just, I wanted to do it justice talking about it, I don't think I could have done it justice this week, so forgive me. And with that, I continue on with what really is the the honorable mentions segment of this show, which is the stuff that yeah, I just I, I can't necessarily find myself uh, talking about these books in a way to I guess, like I say, do them justice. So, um. Carrying on, uh, Fight Club, number three from Dark Horse. Or, Fight Club three from Dark Horse, number seven. Yeah, no, I got fucked up on this book, issue three. <laughs> I'll read them all when it's done at issue twelve. That's that's really what it is. This book is crazy. It's Chuck Baldick. You know? Chuck Baldick. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Urban Legends, number fifteen. This is the... 30-issue set of Turtles that's about to finally be told to completion and in Technicolor. The Realm, number 14, Image Comics, Seth M. Peck. So, you know, The, the Realm, I, I very, very, very much enjoyed the first five issues of the first volume. And then it just... It doesn't come out as quickly as I need it to. So I... I I've, the, the characters don't resonate with me. Like I would hope, unfortunately. So I think one of these days on a snowy day when I just don't have shit to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm going to uh, sit down and try to fall into the realm again, man. Because I, I do remember how much I enjoyed discovering this book. I really do. Uh, more Image Comics. Oh, Spawn. Two ninety nine for two ninety nine. Alright, 300 next. So, read 296, 97, 98, 99, and then you'll know everything about Spawn, because that's what these issues have been. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to do just that and see if a trade negotiations episode might be in order. I bet you there's a high possibility for that. Uh, from Oni Press, we've got Rick and Morty number 
52. It's a Rick and Morty book. I mean, I don't need to go through and give an overview, really. Uh, I mean, I, I could take that time on a slower week, but this week was by no means a slower week. So I just didn't find it necessary. I enjoyed the book. It's, it's fucking Rick and Morty. It is what it is. And I think it's the first appearance of Glutey in comics. So, yeah. I don't remember which one Glutey is. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend like I fucking know what I'm talking about. Uh, but key issue? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's no Pickle Rick, but you get it. Uh, what else? Um, from the Marvel Honorable Mentions... Oh, look, only one? That's fucking cool. Marvel Comics Presents, number seven. Uh, probably wouldn't have even been, been one if <laughs> issue six would have never happened. Let me explain. I picked up the first couple issues of Marvel Comics Presents, and it continues to remain on my pull list. I just always find something to swap it out for, or have been finding something to swap it out for every week. And that happened when issue 5 came out, and issue 6, well, I, I, that was after, or before I found out that, you know, the, the first appearance of another Wolverine daughter or whatever. Personally, I'm not buying this character for a second, because what is this, like, his fucking 22nd daughter or something? Laura's his fucking daughter, Jesus. Um, uh, but the, yeah, no, the fact is, is... I figured I'd pick up Seven just in case something else crazy happened or it's the reveal that it's Emma Frost's daughter or something like that. So, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Uh, it could have almost been a clean sweep for Marvel. 100% readers. But what are you going to do? Um, did I bother to read it? No. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. Uh, like this, the Marvel Comics Presents books just didn't do it for me. At least the first two I read. Doesn't mean they're bad. By no means is that, yeah. But, it's not for me. Let's talk about wall books, huh? The Carnageized covers have come to an end, I believe. I don't know if they're going to do a second wave like Venomized did. I don't know if they're going to do Carnageized villains. Why wouldn't Marvel capitalize on that? I mean, but the fact is, is that uh, according to what's coming out next week, there are no Carnageized covers, so I believe Wave 1 be done, but there was a bunch of them. I think there were seven. So Fantastic Four, number 12, had a Carnageized cover done by Patch Zercher and Jason Keith. It's your Fantastic Four. They're Carnageized. They're red. They're symbiotic. they got, you know, uh, much sharper teeth than normal. You know, it's... They're on Yancey Street, I bet. I bet you they're on Yancey Street. <sighs> it's a good cover. It's going to look good on the wall. Uh, right there in the middle. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man Carnageized got a cover. Very, very much enjoy this one. This is possibly the most Carnageized and also... Um, original character design rolled into one. It is a very good combination of Spider-Man and Carnage. Uh, it's not just a bunch of crazy... Not to put down on any of the other variants out there, because this is not necessarily the case. But it's... It's like one of those... Um, fucking... Uh, what, do you, what do you call it when you get the... 
uh, trickery type of, I don't know, uh, optical illusion, that's what I'm trying to say. So you look at it one way and you see it as a boot, and then you look at the other way and you see like a lady drinking a light bulb or something. <laughs> you get the point, but once you look at it that way, you can't see it any other way. It's kind of like this, you know. It's you get Spider-Man. I don't know. I guess maybe it's not quite to that effect. It's still very Carnegie. That's a good one though. Wu Dae Shim is the artist on that one. So shout out to you. I'm gonna start looking for your art. That was really good. Uh, um, Butch Guise and Andy Troy did a Captain America Carnegie's cover. Uh, it almost looks exactly like the Venomized cover. I mean, I wouldn't say exactly, but I don't see Carnage in it. I see more Venom. Uh, that's, I don't know, maybe because Captain America already has red in him, and I don't know. The I mean, it's fine, I just don't see the Carnage in it at all. There's definitely a, uh, he's been uh, symbiotized. But, yeah, it is what it is. Conan the Barbarian, Carnageized, Bill Sankovitz, uh, yeah, Sinowitz, Sankovitz. I can never say his name right. You know him. You know him. This is incredible. It is. This is absolutely fucking incredible. It is undoubtedly Conan the Barbarian, and it is undoubtedly Carnage, all wrapped in the that's beautiful, man. That is... Uh, metal. Metal as fuck. Black Panther got some money from me this week. That's neat, all right. Number 14. Carnageized. Ryan Brown. This is also... Okay, really what this is, is this is Black Panther, uh, colored red, with... And even the, the symbiote st screaming off of him is actually black. <laughs> So, doesn't really look carnageized to be honest. Uh, but the mouth is very creepy and scary, and, you know... I don't want to take anything away from this cover. It's a beautiful fucking cover, but once again... It, I don't know if it fully delivered the carnageized theme. The, the symbiote theme, yes. But you can't just, like, spray some red in there with some symbiotes and expect a carnage. I still... There, I don't feel the horror in it. Yes... He's got a little bit of a scary face, but it's just not as horrific as I would hope it to be. Um, I'm super fucking picky, though, when it comes to that type of... When it comes to my symbiotes, I guess. Uh, Shangwan Yoon did the Thanos Carnageized cover. He's fighting fucking uh, Adam Warlock on that. That's pretty neat. It has nothing to do with the book whatsoever. Why Adam Warlock? I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe that's hinting at something? For f issue 5 or 6, maybe? I don't know. Uh, and once again, this is uh, just Thanos with a different uh, mouth. And he's red. Uh, but well, uh, generally, it's a great fucking piece of art. Carnageized? Don't know if I feel it. Don't know if I feel it. It just looks like some black goose just kind of in there somewhere. The Avengers Carnageized cover by Jung Young Yoon. 
spectacular. Everything about this says carnagized. Um, well, and with actually not even so much red in it. How ironic is that? Once again, it's got a lot of the symbiote uh, goo is black and dark, but I feel more of a carnage vibe in these faces of Black Panther, Captain America, and Captain Marvel are our three featured Avengers on here. And fuck, this one's good. This one's really, really, really good. So, hmm. Oh, man. It was... I, I like the Carnage Eyes covers quite a bit. I hope that they... Uh, if they do do a second run and another whatever, I'll get all of those too. I will. I know I might have sounded a little more critical on this batch than I normally would, but it is what it is. Oh, and the Spawn Virgin cover, the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man uh, 299 homage cover. It's enough said, right? It's, it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Now, that's all I've got for wall books. Let's get down to the least most important part of the show. My opinions, my top picks, <laughs> just the stuff that I, I do want to, you know, just give a little extra attaboy to. And I will be doing that starting with the covers. And there was a bunch of wall books to choose from. And you don't have to be a wall book to be qualified for cover of the week by no means. But a wall book, it does take it. And that Conan the Barbarian Carnage cover may actually win all of the Carnage Eyes covers. I could, I, I don't know. When it's all up on the wall and I look at them all together, I'll let you know for sure. But that's not the, it's, the fact is, is that Bill Sanglitz takes cover of the week. My um, interiors of the week. Oh, man. Um, I might have to go with the, yeah, Last Night on Earth. Yeah. I was going back and forth between Death's Head and Last Night on Earth. But Capullo brought the fucking thunder. And this one, man, he just, ugh, the horror is so fucking on point. And you could tell that he knows that this is his last Batman book, at least for a long time. Um, never say never when it comes to comics. But, yeah, that is, uh, that is, that is, the Capullo killed it in Tears of the Week. Oh, show. Now, my overall pick of the week, the story of the week, the book that just fucking killed it for me. Uh, honestly, this is uh, almost, uh, how many books do I have here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, I don't know, like 13, 14 books. It's almost a 14-way tie. That's, <laughs> that's how close it is. Ah, shit, man. I, I, I'm gonna have to go with the goon. Yeah, you know what? I feel I gotta feel more confident in saying that the goon gets my pick of the week. The goon number five. It was, I, I, ugh, I'm so hyped with how fucking much better this book gets every week somehow. I know the goon's been around for a hot fucking minute, but I'm fucking new. Okay, don't fucking yeah. You get it. Sorry, I just I, I got. Italian and defensive for a second. There was nobody even talking to me. Jesus Christ, Brian. 
Um, yeah, so that's that, though. That's that. Those are my picks of the week. Uh, to kind of give a quick recap, cover goes to Conan the Barbarian. Uh, interiors, Greg Capullo with Last Night on Earth. And overall, the goon, Eric Powell. So, that be that, y'all. Go to your local comic book store. Pick you up some of these books. If you didn't know what to get into, I hope I helped you out just a little bit. That's what came out last week. There'll be more next week. And I got a whole episode in the Polis Priorities dedicated to talking about that if you're not aware. So, stay tuned. I know I've been throwing out a lot of episodes lately and it can be hard to catch up to. But I'm trying to make it so that they're relevant at any time. Um... Uh, for the m- most part, um, I know uh, that some of the stuff is, you know, kind of focused on backing some Kickstarters and whatnot. <clears throat> Back Metal Shark, bro. But, uh, yeah, it's, go back and listen to them. Don't feel, I don't want to rush you. I just got lots of shit to talk about, man. Comics are amazing, and I have a platform, and I have a few people that tune in, and I thank you for that. So, uh, I, 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 you know, I have been doing some YouTube stuff, too. I've been getting the old camera out again, so um, if you are a YouTube subscriber, or if you aren't, hop on the channel. There's some new stuff to take a peek at. So, you nerds, enjoy yourselves. Go buy books. Go read books. There's something you'll enjoy. I promise. Um, Y'all, read responsibly. It's been a podcast. Cheers. If you're not getting paid to listen to podcasts, then frankly, you've been doing it wrong. I'm here to tell you about this fancy new app out there called Podcoin, where you actually earn coins, which translate into currency, or even charitable donations, if you so choose. And it's all accumulated based off the amount of time you put into listening to podcasts. Uh, and there are actually opportunities to earn double coins uh, when you listen to a featured podcast, like the Cheers to Comics podcast usually is. Uh, yeah, you earn double the coins there. And as if we're not doing enough for you to pad your pockets just for downloading the app, for first-time users, if you punch in the code COMICS, on behalf of Cheers to Comics podcast and Podcoin, we're going to start you out, load you up with 300 coins right off the bat. So, start earning your rewards immediately. You cash those coins in for all types of good stuff. But you're going to have to find out what that stuff is all on your own, and you got to go download the app to do it. So, once again, that app is Podcoin. Do it. <laughs>